Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of The Field from KAWC. I'm Lisa Sturgis. One month to the November 8th general election and campaigning is kicking into high gear with all the candidates laser-focused on the finish line. This week, we saw four of those candidates come face-to-face for debates, and today we'll have the hits and highlights from both of those meetings. Plus, is your family's safety worth a tenth of a penny? The president of the Professional Firefighters Association of Arizona is here to explain why Proposition 310 is a great investment. Then we'll check in with Democratic gubernatorial candidate Katie Hobbs as she makes her final push for Arizona's governor's office. But first, let's debate. In recent years, Arizona has taken its place as a battleground state, and as such, it will play a key role in the fight to control Congress. Incumbent Democratic Senator Mark Kelly had a strong lead in pre-election polling ahead of Thursday night's Arizona Clean Elections debate, but that didn't stop Republican challenger Blake Masters from coming on strong. Case in point, this exchange between Kelly, Masters, and Libertarian candidate Mark Victor. So I've pushed back on this administration multiple times, and I've got more money on the ground to increase Border Patrol staffing, technology, and where it makes sense to build more barriers. It sounds like he says you're cherry picking here. He voted against hiring 18,000 more Border Patrol agents and then said yes to 87,000 new IRS agents. I'm sure we're going to talk more about the border. I just want to ask one question. Sir, have you done everything in your power to secure our southern border? I've been focused on the border since day one on this job. I'm down there all the time. I was on the phone this week just, you know, with Mayor Nichols of Yuma, Sheriff Daniels of Cochise County, talking about what more we need for Border Patrol and immigration. That, my friends, is called evasion. We're we're, we're working to raise Border Patrol pay by 18 percent. I've got legislation to do that. I've been focused on the border since day one. Okay, I, you know, we know great effects because we have a wide open southern border. So if that's the best you it, can do, I respectfully request you resign been, and let's get someone in the seat who will actually secure our border. Washington, D.C. has failed on this issue of border security and immigration for decades. And it's been crisis after crisis. I've been focused on this since day one, you know, and I bought, I brought more resources here to the state of Arizona to deal with this Let, issue. Let's, let's continue to focus on immigration. Uh, Blake, uh, we'll start with you. Immigration reform. Uh, I hear border security mentioned a lot. You have mentioned border security. You want to secure the border. How would you know when the border is secure? How do we know when the border is secure? Well, call me old-fashioned, but I think the correct amount of illegal immigration is zero. Most of the people who come to America, and I've been representing many of them, over the last 28 years. The vast majority of them are great people. They come here to work, to pursue the American dream. But they should get nothing when they come here besides the right to peacefully pursue their happiness. Nobody has a right to live at the expense of another person. They should get no welfare or social programs at all. The Kelly Masters debate wasn't the only lively conversation hosted by the Clean Elections Commission this week. 
Republican incumbent Treasurer Kimberly Yee also traded barbs with Democratic challenger Senator Martine Cazada during their meeting Monday. Arizona's Treasurer's Office not only handles banking and payroll for an entire state system, it also manages the entire state's investment portfolio, so strategy counts. The good news, Arizona is flush with cash and the revenue just keeps rolling in. Yee says this isn't time to make a change in the Treasurer's office. In these fiscal times with unsurety with our markets, we need a fiscal conservative, someone who has the experience on the job. I ask for your support. But Kazada, a senator from Maryvale, says she's not on the job for the right reasons. And unfortunately, this office has been used as a parking place uh, and as a stepping stone for higher office and really as a consolation prize for candidates that are looking uh, for higher profile offices. Martine had had suggested that this is a stepping stone, this office. Is it for you? Not at all. In fact, this is sort of a long-standing commitment of this office. Before I was even elected to the state legislature in the House and the Senate, where I served as majority leader, I worked in the state treasurer's office as a staff member for four years under the administration of Dean Martin, who was our former state treasurer. But you did run for governor this year. I did. Uh, Is that not a stepping stone? I'm currently running for state treasurer, and I've been doing so since January of this year, especially now that we know that we have a radical uh, progressive who is running for this office who could put the $63 billion of taxpayer monies at risk. Casada says the infusion of politics into the state's portfolio does just that. Are you saying the money has been politicized in this office? Absolutely. I believe the money has been politicized in a big way. And in fact, that's the entire platform of my opponent is to further politicize uh, the investment strategies of this office. Need a response to that. It's not true. Mm -hmm. Uh, This office is managed with prudent money investment. My philosophy is safety before liquidity, before yield. And that always looks for the taxpayer first, protecting their money. It's not my money. It's not your money. Gazada has said he favors an environmental strategy for the state's future, investing in renewable energy sources and green technologies. Ye balked. My opponent says in his statement that he wants to use this office, $63 billion of Arizona taxpayer funds, to save the planet. That's what he said. But the senator insists it's a win-win for everyone. They accomplish one, uh, keeping our investments safe. They accomplish keeping uh, our investments liquid. They accomplish bringing back a good yield. And on top of that, they help us save the planet and protect our planet. But Yee had larger issues with her opponent than his global concerns. So anytime there is a pro-Israel statement or uh, post on Twitter or a social media platform, my opponent um, very quickly will uh, note hashtag free Palestine. So it's very clear that you do not support the people of Israel. And that is anti-Semitic, it's discriminatory, and it's wrong. Which brought a fiery response from Kazada. Yeah, yeah, full stop right there. I mean, to, again, this is politicizing an issue. Where was Miss Yee when Abe Hamadeh, a, an attorney general candidate right here in this election, was spewing anti, a, uh, anti-Semitic rhetoric? Where was Miss Yee when President Trump was spewing anti-Asian rhetoric that, that caused a spike in anti-Asian hate crimes in this nation? The discussion reverted to investment strategies but never lost its edge. The Clean Elections Commission hosted dozens of debates this election cycle between candidates from all levels of state government.
This is The Field from KAWC. I'm Lisa Sturgis. Many of us assume fire crews, paramedics, and other first responders will be there when we need them. But many rural fire districts are chronically underfunded. Now, Proposition 310 seeks to answer those districts' call for help. We spoke to Captain Brian Jeffries, president of the Professional Firefighters Association of Arizona, about why the measure is worth every tenth of a penny it asks for. Why is this particular proposition so important to firefighters? Our 144 fire districts throughout the state of Arizona are in a fiscal crisis. Um, you know, just to give you a frame of reference, they're located uh, in many parts of Arizona, uh, specifically along a lot of our major roadways, which connect Phoenix, Tucson, Kingman, Flagstaff, and Yuma. And uh, they are routinely strapped for funding right now, and they're short on manpower, equipment, and training. And this is really impacting our ability to provide service. And uh, in our business, seconds count. And in many of these areas, um, our response times are getting upwards of 30 minutes or more. And that, in our view, is just completely unacceptable. Now, here in Yuma County, we do have some areas that have some um, volunteer situations. Like, for example, our TACNA fire department is 12-person completely volunteer they just got the funding for the first time to get their own brand new gear in the past they had hand-me-downs would this proposition benefit some of those more rural fire stations absolutely it will make a huge difference for many of our rural fire districts Um, what has happened to so many of these fire districts is that you know they get some property tax funding from the local citizens that live in those fire districts However, several years ago, Arizonans passed Proposition 117. Prop 117 put a cap on those property taxes, uh, and unintentionally, that was done at a time when the Great Recession had dropped people's home values, in, in many cases, by more than 50%. So what happened was those property tax valuations got capped and locked in at that lower income. So what does that mean? Let's say you own a business and your income gets cut in half and it's going to take you about 20 years to get back to the 100% you were getting before that that happened. Imagine your ability to provide service and goods to your customers. It would be dramatically impacted. Your profits would be dramatically impacted. That's what's happened to our fire districts as a result of Prop 117, and that is why we're in this fiscal crisis. Prop 310 asks for basically, what is it, 0.1% tax? One-tenth of 1%, which in real life, uh, really what that means is if you go out and spend 10 bucks for lunch, it's going to cost you one penny. If you go out and spend $100 on a fancy dinner, it's going to cost you about a dime. And what we like about this is that uh, first thing, it equalizes the, the taxes a little bit, the income a little bit. For example, we have a lot of tourists that come into the state of Arizona, and a lot of those tourists come here and have medical emergencies. They get in car accidents. Uh, they, they experience fires. And uh, when our fire districts run on and serve those tourists, those folks are paying nothing for that service. 
by being able to capture a lot of those tourism dollars, it'll help us here in Arizona pay for this very critical public service. How will that money be spent? So the, first of all, the income will be um, disseminated equally, uh, I should say proportionally, throughout every fire district throughout the state of Arizona. And when it hits those fire district's coffers, it's going to go straight to service. It's going to pay for training. It's going to pay for equipment. And it's going to pay for personnel. And one of the many reasons this is so important is that right now, uh, while we're going through this difficult drought and these climbing uh, temperatures in our in our state, um, we are having serious wildfire problems. Uh, as you know, we, we don't even really have a wildfire season anymore. Uh, it's almost year round that we're experiencing wildfires. A good majority of the people and firefighters that fight those fires come from our fire districts and they are strapped to not only try to send people to go fight those wildfires to save people's properties and lives, but they, when they do so, they have to leave their home areas which leaves their their neighbors unprotected. And this has put a real strain on our resources. This past summer, several times we had strike teams from Yuma head up north and into California to help with wildfire suppression. We've earned a reputation with the community that when we tell people something, we mean it. And we're not, uh, we're not here to waste their money. We are here because there is nothing worse in my line of work to get to someone who needs your help and not get there in time and to know and to live with the rest of your life that uh, their life could have been saved or um, they could have uh, walked out of the hospital versus walk, you know, uh, walking out with deficits or not walking out at all. Brian, thank you and our firefighters for all that you do. I don't think we thank you nearly enough. And thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you doing this. And uh, if anybody uh, needs any more information, they can go to voteyes on 310.com. Captain Brian Jeffries, president of the Professional Firefighters Association of Arizona. You'll also be asked to decide whether resident students should qualify for in-state tuition regardless of their immigration status. Proposition 308 would repeal some parts of an earlier initiative and allow non-citizens to pay lower fees at colleges and universities, provided they graduated from a state public or private school. The rate would also apply to those who were homeschooled. At least 18 states, including California and the District of Columbia, offer in-state tuition to all students regardless of immigration status. But there has been little voter support in the past for a similar measure here. Thanks so much for listening to The Field from KAWC. I'm Lisa Sturgis. Former President Donald Trump returns to Arizona this weekend for a rally in support of his endorsed Republican state candidates. Trump will address supporters of gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake, U.S. Senate hopeful Blake Masters, and what the announcement refers to as, quote, the entire Arizona Trump ticket. The event will be held Saturday in Mesa.
Trump's visit is very timely considering the state's too close to call governor's race. Some pundits say recent court rulings favored Democrat Katie Hobbs, but she knows Lake cannot be discounted. We spoke to Hobbs about her decision not to go head-to-head with her opponent on the debate stage and about a forum in which she felt comfortable participating. We're joined once again today by Democratic gubernatorial candidate Katie Hobbs. You have been all over the place. It's getting to be that crazy campaign time. Um, Mm -hmm. We're less than a month out. How's it going? Uh, It's going great. Uh, We are continuing to get out all over the state and talk to voters about what they want to see in their next governor. Um, Our response, uh, uh, we've had great response. Um, There's a lot of enthusiasm. And I think when we talk about this race in terms of it not being a choice between Democrats or Republicans, but really between sanity or chaos. And that really resonates with people and highlights just what's at stake in this election. Uh, We're feeling good about the race. You chose not to debate Carrie Lake at the clean elections debate. However, Mm -hmm. you are going to meet up with her. Yeah. So um, I think it's important. First of all, I would love the opportunity to have a substantive conversation about the issues, contrast our positions and uh, demonstrate how we'll govern. But Carrie Lake has shown an, an inability to do that uh, and is more interested in making a spectacle. And, you know, the, the GOP primary debate is a perfect example of this. Um, it was an embarrassment to Arizonans. And I, um, I feel very strongly about not, not allowing that to happen again. And so what I've looked for instead are opportunities to allow voters to see us uh, uh, without interruptions or shouting over. Um, and that's what these forums have given the opportunity to do. Uh, we were just in a, a forum last night with the Arizona Hispanic and U.S. Hispanic Chambers of Commerce um, that will be aired on Univision over the weekend. We did the same thing with the Arizona Chamber of Commerce and Industries Forum uh, earlier in September. Uh, and I'll continue to do that um, so that voters do have a chance to see what they probably wouldn't be able to see on a on a debate stage. One thing that we've seen and that cannot be denied is the power of the female vote as we mm-hmm. head towards November, especially with the Pima County decision that put the pre-statehood abortion law into effect. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like out there as far as women being energized? We've seen you and Chris Mays appearing together. Mm-hmm. Is there a, Are you getting a sense of unity out there? Well, I think folks are certainly seeing um, the what in reality what was only something that in theory could happen before. And I don't think anyone actually really expected our rights to be uh, taken away the way they have been. So not only did the Supreme Court strike down Roe, but our own state elected officials, uh, Governor D.C., Mark Brnovich, uh, worked to ensure that there is no access to safe and legal abortion in the state. And um, that's what we're facing right now. Uh, Chris Mays and I both have a plan for how we'll work from day one of our administration to restore access to safe legal abortion uh, in the state of Arizona. Um, but right now, um, for someone who needs that health care, um, they're not able to get it. And we're not just talking about abortion care, which is uh, w- which is critical, but even um, routine pregnancy care, if someone's experiencing a miscarriage, which is pretty common, 
um, doctors are hesitant to provide uh, routine care. Um, it's compromising the standard of care. Um, they're having to call lawyers instead of treat their patients. And we've even seen over the weekend someone who couldn't get life-saving medication because it might impact a potential pregnancy. They were of childbearing age and not pregnant, but weren't given the medication they needed. Of Okay, moving on, because of particular interest down here in Yuma, you know we're always asking about our water. Um, and I just wanted to get some reaction because recently Yuma farmers went to the Bureau of Reclamation and said, we're willing to do this plan. We'll let some of our fields lie fallow. And the Bureau of Reclamation came back and told them, well, we'll give you a quarter of what you asked for. Do you have any reaction to that? First of all, agriculture is such an important part of Arizona's economy. Um, and I absolutely support um, our farmers and the industry uh, in, in um, you know, these negotiations. Uh, it's, and this is just one more indicator of how our state's water crisis and our leaders' failure to deal with it is impacting our economy and our livelihoods. Um, but not just that, um, farmers in Yuma supply food all over the country. And so this has the potential to disrupt food supplies as well. Um, I sat down with farmers in Yuma, uh, you and I talked uh, when, when, when we did that and, and heard firsthand the challenges they're facing and also the things that they've been willing to do to, 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 to play their role in addressing this crisis. Um, and I think the fact is that Arizona has done our part to cut back while California isn't being asked to accept a deep cut to its water allocation to share this burden. Um, and we need to continue to push for equal treatment with water cuts so that we don't have to bear the economic costs alone. We now mm -hmm. have um, some container walls narrowing the flow of the the asylum seekers that are coming through. So do, do you have conversations with our other elected leaders, with the senators, with the congressmen, um, to see what can be done about this situation? Uh, absolutely. It is critical to work with our federal delegation on issues related to border security and immigration because, as you know, these are federal issues. And uh, what I can promise as governor is that I will work with our members of, of Congress and the Senate to push for the kind of comprehensive immigration reform that will that will be the best for Arizona as a border state. We have borne the brunt of decades of inaction in Washington from both parties. Um, and I also am committed to uh, working to utilize state resources uh, where they can best provide meaningful relief for those communities that are most impacted by the decades of inaction from Washington. Um, and that means talking to our the leaders in those communities, particularly law enforcement, uh, about what, what support they need to keep their communities safe. Uh, I certainly um, will not use our state resources for political stunts. And I think the containers are um, largely a political stunt. Um, there's pictures and video of people climbing over them. So they're not effective as a barrier uh, and are potentially a liability for the state um, as, they, as they sit now. You have been up and down, north, south, east, west, all over Arizona. 
what what is the feeling what like when you're just talking to Arizonans what's the feeling that you come away with as you meet the people of this great state of ours uh, well, I, I was born and raised here. I love this state. And one of my favorite parts about running for office, especially statewide office, is the chance to get out all over the state and talk to folks. Um, we have some we have some serious issues we're facing. I, I'm hearing all over the place about water that you and I have talked about, um, affordability with everything from skyrocketing housing prices to gas and groceries, uh, reproductive health care. Uh, fixing our neglected public education system. Uh, and these are not Democratic or Republican issues. These are, are Arizona issues, and they need Arizona solutions, and they need a leader who's going to work to bring people together to solve them. Uh, and I'm, I think folks uh, want someone who's going to focus uh, on the future and not uh, on the past. And you know, my opponent has centered her whole campaign around the lies uh, of the 2020 election and has continued to call to decertify that election, which is a concept she invented. And most Arizonans are, are tired of that relitigation and they want to focus on the real challenges that we're facing. Democratic candidate for Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs, thanks so much for your time today. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate it. Univision Phoenix will air the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce Town Hall meeting Saturday at 5. We'll post a link to that video on our podcast page. We should note we have invited Republican Carrie Lake to join us on the show several times. So far, we have not received a response to our interview requests from her campaign. But Ms. Lake has a standing invitation for a conversation on the issues facing Yuma County. Yuma municipal voters face some big decisions on their November ballot, including signing off on the city's master plan. Next week, we'll take a closer look at what it contains so you know what you're voting on. Plus, we sit down with Democratic Attorney General candidate Chris Mays to discuss the impact recent abortion rulings have had on her campaign. The Field is a production of KAWC, Colorado River Public Media. Send your questions or comments to me, lisa.sturgis at kawc.org. Our theme music was composed by Steve Hennig and performed by members of the Human Jazz Company. For more information on their music, visit humanjazz.com. Thanks so much for listening to The Field. Remember, you can always hear the show at kawc.org, on the KAWC app, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Lisa Sturgis. I hope you'll be back here again next week. Till then, keep yourself informed. <laughs>